J.D. Salinger's first residence was at 3681 Broadway, an elegant building named the Halidon, situated across from Trinity Church Cemetery in Harlem. From there, the family moved several times, always to a better neighborhood, always on Manhattan's Upper West Side. The running away from home as an Indian with a suitcase full of toy soldiers event took place at 511 West 113th Street, between Broadway and Amsterdam, in a broad, handsome building in the shadow of Columbia University's Butler Library. In the late 1920s, the family moved to a spacious apartment at 221 West 82nd Street, now 226 West 82nd, on the corner of Broadway called the Myron Arms. It was designed by Emery Roth, who also created the Beresford and the El Dorado. Though not nearly as grand as those buildings, it attests to Miriam and Saul having a pretty good eye for attractive details, one they pass down to both their children. One can get a sense of the neighborhood's Jewish flavor from the fact that Zabar's, the Jewish delicatessen and cultural institution, opened across the street at Broadway and 80th Street in the mid-1930s. It was an up-and-coming neighborhood. Babe Ruth lived just a few blocks away on Riverside Drive. Salinger attended public school throughout his years on the West Side, though it is clear that Solomon's rising fortunes were changing the way the Salinger family lived. We had some money by the time Sonny was born, Doris would recall. That made a big difference. I found the galley of the Ian Hamilton book. It was in the study of my mother's apartment, located four blocks away from the Myron Arms. My mother's study is a place where you can lose things. There are piles of papers everywhere, sculptures, photographs, and many books, a constellation of random objects from which different stars brightly emerge depending on mood, time of day, and fate. The galley suddenly became visible and was thereafter impossible to miss, perched in plain view atop a uniform row of books whose color was a bluish-gray. That yellow cover was so conspicuous— Finding it was like finding a hidden pattern in a drawing, the kind that, as soon as you see it, you can't imagine ever not having been able to make it out. Perhaps I hadn't seen it because my eyes had passed without stopping over that spot with the old books for most of my life. After my tearful reunion with the Hamilton book, I peered at the ancient-looking blue-gray books, an edition of Dickens's novels, including David Copperfield, which Holden Caulfield refers to in the first sentence of The Catcher in the Rye. A few years earlier, a friend of mine, who had spent very little time in New York, visited me in this apartment, and the first thing he said after he had taken a seat in the living room and looked around was, I've never been in one of these kinds of apartments before. It's just like in a J.D. Salinger story. No, no, I said. Salinger's stories all take place on the east side. Now I saw that he was onto something. Part of it was the pre-war building atmosphere, the feeling of being within a stolid, enormous labyrinthine ship. But surely he was also responding to the nest-like feeling of an apartment in which lives have grown up and around, which is my romanticized way of describing what could be called clutter, also a feature in Salinger's glass stories, and I would like to think a sense of warmth, the sort of place where you could lose a book. I had since come to realize my protestation over the neighborhood was not justified. Holden lives on the east side, and the vast majority of locations in Salinger's stories are set there, including Franny and Zooey. 
but Seymour's prelapsarian youth is set on the west side, specifically 108th Street and Riverside Drive. All of Salinger's fiction is city writing, even when it doesn't take place in the city, just as Salinger himself was a city boy for his whole life, even if he spent the majority of his adult life in a rural setting on a steep hill with a view of mountains. The Catcher in the Rye is a city book, a New York book, even if Holden Caulfield doesn't set foot in it until more than a quarter of the way through. New York City is where he has been going that whole time. It is the orienting point of the compass. Seeing the apartment that Salinger grew up in, I decide, is going to be essential to understanding the man, even though I feel as if I have seen it many times in his books, even though I grew up in a place very much like it myself.